0: Enthusiasts Club podcast. I'm R.J. White. Each show is a conversation with a member of the club about something that excites them, something in which they have a great deal of interest, a hobby, a food, a historical event, a song, or a movie. Today, you'll be hearing from writer and cartoonist Benjamin Birdie of the Brooklyn chapter of the Enthusiasts Club. I called him on a recent Sunday afternoon to talk about his deep and abiding affection for the 1999 Paul Thomas Anderson film Magnolia and how his relationship to the film has changed since he first saw it in the theater on its opening day 20 years ago. I guess starting with the basics, if you had to explain it to somebody who perhaps wasn't super familiar with the film, what is Magnolia? Magnolia is a
1: 1999 film directed by paul thomas anderson it is about one day mostly in the san fernando valley it's about like nine characters making their way through a pretty eventful day in their lives
0: and you are a guy who gets enthusiastic about a lot of stuff so i was kind of wondering like how is he going to pick a thing (laughs) how how and why did you choose this You know,
1: I think it's something that I've been consistently enthusiastic about. And since it's one thing, it's kind of easier to maintain that enthusiasm. Like, you can be enthusiastic about comics and then be like, oh, I haven't read a good comic in a long time, or TV or whatever. But Magnolia is something that, you know, every time I go back to it, it's still really great, and I can still – be really enthusiastic about it, uh and and I felt like I had, yeah, a lot to specifically talk about because it's such a specific thing. More than like, oh, you know, like, much is such an interesting medium that you
0: can do so much with.
1: It's like, okay, magnolia is like, so, you
0: know, it's just easier to to really dig in. How many times uh, do you figure that you've seen it over the years? Oh boy, so I,
1: so I saw it. At every showing on opening day. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's a whole story in itself. So I guess I could start there. So what happened with Magnolia is I saw Boogie Nights in, like, 97. So I guess it was a senior in college, and me and my friends were. It was completely amazing. Out of all that crop of late 90s movies, like Pulp Fiction and Lebowski and Usual Suspects, Boogie Nights was, for me and my friends, the... A real lodestone, I think. And so, after we graduated, you know, Magnolia was going to be his next movie. And one of my friends actually got a job at New Line. I forget what he was doing, but he was sending me the press kit, and he's like, "Oh, you know, this is going to be his next movie." And I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." And then um, I saw the trailers; they're unbelievable trailers. If you've never seen them, they're he clearly like shot footage. To build these trailers. And I'd be hard pressed to see anyone watch them and be like, okay, I, I need, just need to watch this movie immediately. So I was way beyond reasonably hyped for it. So it was Christmas 1999. I think I was working at like Virgin Megastore. So I had a lot of time on my hands. I was like, yeah, I'm just taking this Friday off. And it was showing in the big Union Square Theater. They have like this balcony in their biggest theater. And I was just like, yeah, I think I'm just going to see it all day. And I knew at that point that it was super long, but and it was kind of rolling the dice because it might not be very good. But obviously, it was very good. So I saw it. it, They managed to do four showings that day, and then I saw it a total of 16 times in the theaters. I just kept watching it, and then uh, yeah, I was trying to figure out. I think I've seen it maybe only like 10 or so more times since then on like Blu-ray or whatever it might be more but i guess I've, I've seen it a lot of times which is weird when i think about it abstractly but then when i watched again i'm like oh yeah this is like for a movie about just regular people it's super engaging and captivating and interesting and exciting to watch i think it makes sense but yes, yeah, so i've seen it a lot of times
0: well have you ever done that uh, with another film have you done that before or since where you just sat down and i'm just going to spend the entire opening day watching this uh, rather because it's over three hours watching this film and then going back again and again have you, have you done that other times i did when um phantom menace came out i think we
1: bought as many tickets as were available and so i think i saw it like like a morning show and then like A night show and me and my friends was weird obviously it's a movie of controversial quality but (laughs) there was something about i was like really kind of amazed by it and so i was excited to see it again because up to that point you know there wasn't like a a jar jar binks type accomplishment in cinema it was like i gotta i feel like i gotta see that again that was like crazy that weird thing didn't exist you know what I mean so I I did see that a few times in theaters but Magnolia was like you know when it and you know I I watched it again very recently to prepare for this and yeah it's 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 a very uh I went grueling isn't the wrong word but it's emotionally taxing experience and yet it's so I think there's so much aesthetically that I love about it that you know I can't wait to see it again, and, and there's stuff about it that you know you could listen to the soundtrack or something or watch a particular scene, but you can't really get the same effect or experience unless you like sit through the whole thing and watch it. Um, and so that's what that per se, and like I kept having the theater experience. I want to say that I saw that the Ziegfeld two. Or I'm misremembering. But, you know, like in New York City, there was a lot of nice places to see movies. So I was like, okay, I'm going to see it in the theater for as long as I can. Yeah. So it, But I do remember that number, because at the time, I'd kept all the ticket stubs because I was kind of nerdy about it. Yeah, no, definitely no other movie I was like, I'm seeing this all day. It was just, you know, there was there was just something about the movie. I just knew... I think really from those trailers, I was like, "This is definitely going to be like my favorite movie ever." And
0: turned out to be true. I I I saw it in the theater with a couple of friends. I don't think they cared for it a ton, but yeah, I was just blown away by it pretty much. I I only saw it once or twice back then and didn't see it again until uh, this past week. It it still held up. If actually it held up, it was even a bit better. And I want to ask you a bit, something you said just said about um. The fact that it's kind of uh, an emotionally, I think, grueling at times. I think, I think that was a good way to put it. Emotionally grueling film. And I, I found myself uh, crying more at points in it that I did not expect to happen. I'm wondering uh, if, if you could maybe uh, talk a bit about that and how you feel, like how, how that's affected doing that that sort of thing. Like the, the emotional aspect. Yeah, sure. Well, that's one of the things that really drew me to it is it's so
1: openly emotional in in the performances and the writing and the music it just is impossible to not it just rings the emotions out of you and traditionally it's to me the the part that always gets me pretty regularly is uh donnie professing his love to the bartender and the music swells and you know i'm sick and i'm in love and you're just like oh my god this like the empathy is just overwhelming um but this time, you know, I've seen that so much that I was kind of like, yeah, okay, Donnie's really sad, and Brad's probably never going to love him. I actually recently visited uh, my grandma who's in, uh, she's like in her 90s, and she's in a, uh assisted living facility that's for um, memory, you know, for people who are, she doesn't have Alzheimer's, but she's, you know, things are slowing down, so the Earl stuff was really really hit me pretty hard in, in this most recent viewing. But yeah, there was a lot of like you know, it's it's I saw it kind of like twenty years ago and you know, as like a twenty three year old there was you know, I, I think I identified more with like the sort of misplaced love and no one understands me and it's so hard kind of thing, versus now it's yeah, it's just kind of being able to, you know, I was thinking about who I identified with the most in this movie, and I, it's hard to really pick someone. And I think I was able to look at it as to, as the sort of totality of it, and be like, oh wow, this is really sad for Claudia and Stanley, and it's it's weird. I I don't have like that one specific point where I was just totally overwhelmed there was just all these little things like uh, I somehow maybe I realized this but didn't remember realizing it but the fact that um, both men and Claudia's life were named Jim I I, like somehow that never occurred to me so they were like you know designed to be and that there's this part I think that's one thing that's always stayed with me is like you know watching Claudia just Agonize over like her perceived like unlovability and when she's leaving Jim in their restaurant and hopefully I think everyone listening to this should probably <laughs> watch the movie before listening so that like
0: it's been 20 years you would yeah. think hopefully oh, no, if they were going to, if like, they're not going to they're probably not going to at this point yeah. but if-
1: just to know like exactly what we're talking about because it can get pretty granular but yeah when she like gets up to leave she calls him Jimmy and I was like oh shit, of course. And then when you look at the design of the movie, they're literal polar opposites. Jimmy is a nightmare child molester and Jim Curring is like the paragon of police virtue. But yeah, like the Claudia stuff is so, so hard to see. All that kind of, I think every character is really like on some level really going through it that's Phil. I think if I had to pick someone at this point, as like a forty-three year old, I would say like Phil, just because I, when I was watching again, there's one of my favorite Phil parts is uh, Linda's talking to him about you know apologizing for slapping him, and has this really sort of hard to parse little monologue about what Phil should tell Earl she like, sort of kisses him on the cheek and walks off. And then you see Phil just sort of roll his eyes. Like, what the fuck did she just say? Like, that's kind of his role. Like, he's the guy who's like, you know, why are there frogs falling on the sky? Which is a valid question. Yeah, I, I used to, re- like, every time I would watch it, I would totally break down when the, you know, professional love to Brad. Because the music is so... The whole movie really crescendos at that moment. And it's about someone who just can't express themselves just been so beaten down by life. And I, I think, you know, when I was a twenty three year old college graduate working at a record store, I think I identified with that a lot more than I do now. Right. Um, but but yeah, now it's 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 similar to um there's like the Deadwood movie. There's like all, all these things that are coming back from that time in my life. And so I think a lot of the feelings that I have to the movie are really feelings that I have to that period of my life and you know like looking at this movie as a movie but also oh wow you know like what happened over the past 20 years and where was I you know when I sat in Union Square all day and, and so that's definitely part of it it's, it's hard to separate out the narrative emotion from just a sort of life passing emotion.
0: Watching it uh, again recently, I was struck at how well it actually holds up. It doesn't seem to look particularly dated. The style of acting doesn't seem very dated. The, the direction doesn't seem like it's of that time. It just seems like, oh, it's Paul Thomas Anderson's style, which we've become accustomed to, seeing his other films since then. And I'm, I'm wondering um, if, you, if you've thought about that at all. Watch it. If you've thought about it over the years or thought about like watching this recent time, seeing it's 20 years old, uh, about the fact that whether or not you think it's actually kind of holds up and still seems kind of current-ish.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I do think as, as weirdly, it, it's a very of that time. And and even like seeing the documentary, which was like shot on video, that's the biggest reminder of like, oh, yeah, they shot this in like 1998. You know, they're talking about like effects work and, and what it was like to make a movie back then. But yeah, no, it's, it's strangely timeless. I think stylistically... And visually it's very Yeah, it because it's so you know, I was thinking about just the, the the weird things that it does. You know, there's this big like twenty minute stretch of uh score that plays through the sort of middle of the movie. And during that <laughs> an Amy Mann song plays and a super Tram song plays, like without the music underneath it stopping. Like it's all just sort of like source music and like that kind of stuff. is like, yeah, no one's ever done that again. I, it's it's so, there's just so much stuff that it does. That's like totally unique in a way that um I remember I had seen Pulp Picture before Goodfellas. And I was like, oh my God, this is, it's breaking all the rules. And then I saw Goodfellas and I was like, oh, okay. That broke all the rules. But Magnolia, it's, you know, I mean, there's like, uh, there's like the wise up sequence there's you know all the stuff that he does with like in the opening introduction of all the characters of the movie jim is like driving in his police car but he purposely gives him mirror oakley sunglasses so that you can see the entire camera rig of that's like shooting the scene like he just does this shit that interestingly enough actually after Punch on Glove, I was like, it was hard for me to, I didn't get into his movies as much because he really changed his style a lot. And, you know, it kind of makes sense. He was a 28 year old making this movie and probably the, one of the biggest blank checks and movies ever. You know, he came off Boogie Nights and just did literally everything he wanted. And I think after that, he kind of focused a little and You know, because I loved Magnolia so much, I was like, oh, these movies are kind of like boring now. There's no, there's like one main character. There's like no whip pans or music or, you know, he, and obviously I've matured and like appreciated those movies more, but it's such a singular point of view more than like this is what movies were like in the late 90s. It's just way more like, This is what a super emotional person who's 27, how they're going to express themselves.
0: Yeah, you you got three hours of film to just kind of work things out.
1: You know, a lot of the structure of the movie comes from the songs that Amy Mann was writing at the time. It's just very clearly like just the stuff that was around him and like what he wanted to say more than like, oh, you know. This is what life is like in 1998, and yeah, the themes are so timeless. So I think that helps it too. Yeah, it's interesting because it it could feel dated. It, it might feel the other thing too. I was I realized as I was watching it again, it's just as for a three hour movie, like it's paced so well in terms of the connective tissue of all the scenes. You know, each one lets you sort of live in it it really just carries you along in a very conscious way you know and I think I remember reading the boogie night screenplay and I think in the commentary for that I listened to a really long time ago but maybe like Don Cheadle's talking about like how he was reading the script and he's like and then he talks about like lenses and the lighting and you know like he came to it from from a writing perspective dialogue but also just technically like this is then it's gonna pan over here and then and i think that went directly into this movie like he's just like you can tell okay this is a sort of midpoint and to touch base with all the characters we're gonna literally pan from one character to another regardless of where they are and like i'm gonna have the music do this and also i guess you know musically it's not 90s-ish i think that the the music that Amy Mann wrote at the time, I think, is pretty timeless, too. It's not really, like, indie rock. It's, yeah, I noticed that this time, too, that there's something about her music in this that's just pretty timeless, too, I think, which helps it.
0: No, I, I read someplace a long time ago that uh, people who uh, really uh, love a specific film, one of the things, like, if they could do it again, just to see the film again for the first time would be an incredible experience. Yeah. That, that's impossible, save that you know being able to see it with somebody else who's never seen it before and have them kind of appreciate it too have you ever had that experience at all i don't think i have i was yeah
1: i i think like that first day i went with someone to one of the shows um but i was um i think i was very interested i I probably watched them watch the first frog hit like I, it's it's interesting I don't know what it says about me, but I don't really... I don't think I've ever really, like, watched a person hope that someone, like, likes a movie that I like. Although now that I'm saying that, I think about all the time with other movies that I've, you know, oh, we should watch this and then, like, break out into, like, cold sweats like five minutes in. Like, oh, my God, are they liking it? This is a huge mistake. Yeah, I actually do that a lot with other movies. Oh, I also can't really remember too many sort of like communal viewings of Magnolia. It's usually like, all right, I'm going to sit down, probably going to cry a couple of times though. I think it's just going to be me and the TV for this one. Yeah, that's the, the stuff where I think about other people watching it is like, oh, I'm going to show someone like the Tim Robinson show. And, oh my God, I hope they like it. But Magnolia is usually just like a one-on-one But I do, interestingly enough, I think because of the circumstances that I saw, it, I do really vividly remember what it was like to see it the first time and, you know, be surprised and, yeah, just be sort of like carried away by it in a way that it's almost like everything, the next thing that happens is like the next thing that should happen, even though really crazy shit happens in this movie yeah it's it's, it's a definitely an interesting question but i've never been able to see it through someone else's eyes i think too it is to your point it's such a not an acquired taste but like i think you either love this movie or you hate this movie uh it's not really a movie that you could be like
0: yeah i guess it's okay so, you still do watch it once in a while. Uh, what are the circumstances usually where you just feel like popping it in and, and checking it out? It's usually because it's been a while or you're just in a certain mood and want to see it. Like, how, when and why do you go back to it?
1: Well, I definitely I remember vividly when I turned 40. I was like, well, I got to spend the last three hours of my 30s watching Magnolia because that just makes sense. But usually it's it's, I think, huh. Yeah, it's kind of just like every, probably like once every few years, I'm like, yeah, I think I I should watch again because there's, you know, a lot of times I'll just be like, oh, listen to the soundtrack or, you know, there's usually some, or I watch, there's this part in the video diary where Paul Thomas Anderson is (laughs) talking to Philip Seymour Hoffman they're in the set by Earl's Dead. And Paul just goes off on this like riff of, the kind of business that Phil does with like sort of object work, like walking around the room, it's super hilarious. And so I like watch that pretty frequently just cause it's really funny. And sometimes I'll dip into just little scenes. Like a little while ago, I was like, Oh, I got to watch all the Louis Guzman stuff again. Cause that's just hilarious. But yeah, it's usually just kind of like, I have some time. I know that it's a reliable experience. That's maybe if I'm working on like a, Personal creative project, and I'm like, oh yeah, like that. that, It's definitely like a touchstone for the creative ideal. You know, it's like funny, it's dramatic, it's not afraid of being emotional, it's musical. So if 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 there if I'm sort of stuck on something or trying to figure out how to do something, I'll I'll be like, yeah, I should just watch Magnolia again and remember how that works. Because a lot of times, if I'm working on something, I'll be like, oh, has anyone ever like, can you do this? Can, can this structure work? Like, are you allowed to whatever? And then I'll watch Magnolia and be like, oh yeah, no, it doesn't matter. Just do whatever you think like will work because there's no movie that he could have looked at and been like, no, no, it's okay. There's been other three hour movies about um, one day with, you know, yeah, there's, there's no other movie like that. So it's, it's like a good reminder. And it's just also really good. It's like a, a A diverting experience. I do think it's like kind of a fun movie for being like super devastatingly sad. It is a really like engaging experience to go through. And sometimes, yeah, you just kind of like, I should, you know, if you want to, if you're going through something and you just kind of need to feel the feelings, be like, okay,
0: this is like guaranteed. This will work. Okay, final question. Mm -hmm. If you were to have to explain the frogs to someone. Oh, how, how would you explain the frogs? You know, I
1: was thinking about that because I was like, you know, what does this movie like say? And obviously like to, to think about that, you have to think about like the frogs. I think the movie sort of goes out of its way to give you some clues about, um, a scientific sort of explanation. There's, rains of frogs, and I think at the time I read about it, like, tadpoles get sucked up by whatever makes rain, and then turn into frogs, they raid frogs, like a thing that happens. Um, But I think you know, it's really about that sort of orchestrating entity or thing or whatever that sort of brings all these characters together. You know, when I think about Punch Drunk Love and how it's sort of love like, love story is, like, horror story. There's, like, a lot of jump scares in Punch from love, And it, that was about how, like, it's just this sort of, like, sudden thing that's just going to come in and, like, uproot your life. And I think that, that a lot of Magnolia is about that. Just these giant things are going to, like, come in and, you know, sort of, like, the hand of God just, like, turns your head around to pay attention to something else. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's... I don't, I, yeah, I don't. I don't know that I've ever really come up even thematically with like, well, the frogs represent whatever in in, in the sort of like operatic level of the movie. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. Like in a movie where like the emotions are so high and it's so open about itself and how people are feeling and how the creator feels. It's like, oh yeah, okay, that that makes sense. It's like this this massive thing that happened.
0: Yeah, I know. I just always chalk the frogs up to that crazy Los Angeles smog you always hear about. Yeah. Well, I'd like to thank Mr. Bertie for the conversation. If you want to find out what he's working on these days, yeah, go over and follow him on Twitter at Benjamin. Birdie, spelled exactly how you think. Uh, did you like what you heard here? Uh, you want to hear other episodes? Well, it's simple. Subscribe to The Enthusiasts Club on your favorite podcast app or visit enthusiastsclub.net. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Enthusiasts Club. Thank you for listening.